Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. Mark 11, we're going to go to the 22nd verse. Do you think that this has been milked for as much as it can be milked for? Do you think that this is everything's been pulled out of this scripture that can be pulled out of these scriptures here? Or you think we can get something new? Amen. I believe we can get something new, something fresh from God. Amen. You know, you say, well, man, we're going to Mark 11 again. Because <laughs> a lot of people have read this scripture. A lot of people have gone through this, you know. But don't you believe that God could give us something new? Don't you believe he could give you something new? Maybe you'll see it like you never saw it today before. You got to have some faith. Amen. Come to church having some faith. Amen. Have some faith in your ministers when you get there. Amen. Believe God that they're going to get blessed when they're teaching. And believe God that they're going to enjoy, you know, being teachers and enjoy coming to church and enjoy studying. You know, they're your ministers, praise the Lord, that God's using. And you need to be praying for them. Amen. That they get that they enjoy the message. Amen. And so they can be a blessing to you. Amen. It's hard for them to be a blessing to you if, if they're not enjoying it either. <laughs> Amen. So you want them to enjoy it. Amen. Amen. Let's get into this. Mark 11, 22, 23. Let's go here. And Jesus answered, saith unto him, have faith in God. Boy, it's a mouthful, isn't it? I mean, man, he's saying, be fully persuaded in God. Amen. Are you fully persuaded in God? Well, you know, if you were fully persuaded in God, you might act different today. Amen. You might do some things different today. If you were fully persuaded that he's going to change your situations, he's going to fix everything in your life, that he's going to make things that you don't think can be fixed, fixed. You would act a little different, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be fully persuaded? If you're fully persuaded, you act a little different. If you're fully persuaded that he's coming back today, wouldn't you act a little different? Amen. I remember the disciples, they acted like he's coming every day, didn't they? You know, they, you read the Bible, boy, they were acting like he could be here anytime. Amen. If you're fully persuaded, you act different. Amen. And that's what he's saying here. Have some faith in God. Be fully, firmly persuaded in God. Amen. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Amen, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That's a mouthful, isn't it? He's, he's looking, notice here, Jesus is telling them, like we've been talking about in the last two messages, that there's this impossible thing, this mountain can be changed. And we, we keep reiterating, is there something impossible in your life today? That needs to be changed. Well, what are you doing about it? Are you just going to live with that mountain for the rest of your life? Are you going to sit there and stare at it every day and say, man, that is a beautiful mountain? <laughs> Are you going to look at it and say, man, I, I could ski down one side. I can go, you know, I can, I can propel off of it, you know, I, I could uh, hand glide off of it. Are you going to see that some change in that? Amen. Are you going to see that mountain removed in your life? Boy, you know, if one mountain was removed in your life, how different would you, would you act? You know, everybody's got some mountains that they're speaking to. Everybody's got challenges that they're facing, but what if that mountain was gone? How different would you act? How different would things be if that mountain was gone? Amen. Think about that. Can you see the mountain gone? Amen. I remember they were telling the story about TBN back when Paul and Jan Crouch were uh, alive and they were they were taking care of TBN. And uh, I remember that uh, they, they first, I believe it was the first station they were trying to build, there was a mountain in the way. 
an actual mountain in the way. And they ended up speaking to the mountain. And the mountain moved and they got full reception. You can read that in their book. Think about that, you know, but what if they never got that full reception? What if that many people weren't saved? How many people were saved with TBN going all the way around the world? But what if they gave up and didn't speak to the mountain? And what if you didn't, if you give up and you don't speak to your mountain? How, how bad would things be and how good could things be if you let the mountain be moved? Amen. How different things could be if you could get that mountain out of your life? Amen. Well, you know, you got to have a little faith. Amen. You got to believe in God. Amen. We said have faith in God. Amen. And God is able to do it and he's going to use you, but you got to be willing to be the mouthpiece that God uses. Amen. Cancer can be moved. Depression can be moved. Debt can be moved. Your impossible circumstances can be changed and moved. You can be free of some things if you listen to this series. You can be more confident, you know, you can get up every day and have more confidence if you're willing to do some changes in the way that you're talking, amen? Amen, what do you need to change in your life? What is it that you're speaking to? What is it that you need to change, amen? Amen, to change it, you have to get a hold of your confession and begin to say what God has to say, amen, about your circumstances and about what you're facing. That's what the important part, and you don't, don't, you know, not catch that. You need to catch that. You got to say what God would have you to say. Amen. Amen. Because when God speaks, things change. When you agree with God, things change. Amen. But you have to agree with him. Amen. This is how God does things. He wants to do things in your life, but you got to agree with him. Let's look at Romans 4. This is our other opening scripture. Romans 4, 17 says, as is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Remember, he's talking about Abraham. We talked about last week, Abraham and Abraham, how he, God started calling him Abraham, father of many nations is what that means. Abraham. And he had 300 servants. And every time he turned around, I'm sure he heard Abraham, father of many nations. Every time he walked down the road, Abraham, father of many nations. Every, you know, I mean, it had to be all inside him. Amen. And he's, I'm sure he started getting the picture of Abraham, father of many nations, when everybody was speaking it all around him. Amen. And he'd get up and he'd go down to the motor vehicle place and he'd put down his, his information there, Abraham. And they'd be like, Abraham, father of many nations. You know, <laughs> he's calling himself Abraham, getting his vehicle. Amen. No, Abraham didn't have a vehicle probably. But, you know, it's interesting, though. You apply it to yourself. You know, you start calling those things and doing the things that you have to do. You need to apply it to your circumstances. Amen. It's important that you do that. Romans 4, 17 says, as is written, and this is the Amplified Version, in the scripture, I have made you a father of many nations in the sight of him in whom he believed, that is, God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. Amen. That's how he does things. He calls things into being which didn't exist before. Amen. He calls them into being. God calls into being that which does not exist. Amen. That's what he does. He said, light be. Amen. There was no light. But when he said, light be, there was light. Amen. In your circumstances, there may not be something that you need, but you can call it. Amen. You can speak it. As long as it agrees with the word of God and what God's put on your heart, amen, you need to call those things that be not as though they exist, amen. Today, you maybe feel weak. Well, it's time you start agreeing with God. Let's look over at Joel 3.10. It says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. So if you're weak, what should you say? 
Should you say I'm weak? No, that's not going to help you. Amen. You agreeing with how you feel and agreeing with the circumstances. You don't sit there and go, I am weak. No, you say, I am strong. Amen. You say that every day when you get up. If you're feeling weak, say, I am strong. Amen. Maybe you get up and you can't hardly get out of the chair today. You say, well, legs, I am strong. Maybe your body's saying, I don't feel so good. Well, you say, I am strong. Amen. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. He says, I, so you need to say, I am strong. Amen. In the power of the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. I'm strong in the Lord. In the power of his might. That's what you need to say to your your symptoms when you feel weak when you get up in the morning. Say, I am strong. Amen. Amen. Now I didn't say your body would agree with you every time you got up. I didn't say that you when you're saying that you're gonna feel like it, but you start declaring, I am strong, so that your body starts changing. Amen. You're calling into existence those things that didn't exist. Amen. Calling those things that be not as though they were. Let's look at a, another thing here. Maybe you're having trouble with the confidence today. You know, confidence is important by knowing who you are. That's where you get confidence from. Amen. And I mean, it's really hard to affect my confidence. You know, it'd take a whole lot to change my confidence because I know who I am. Amen. Let's look over Revelations, the first chapter here. Revelations 1. And we're going to look at the fifth verse there in the book of Revelations. Oh, my God. Did you know in the first chapter, if you read the book of Revelations, it tells you to be just blessed by reading the book of Revelations. Amen. Do you want to be blessed? Well, read the book of Revelations. You don't have to understand all of it. <laughs> but he said he'd be blessed just by reading that book. Amen. It's in the first chapter there. Take a look at that. Revelations, the first chapter in the fifth verse. And we'll go down in, into it just a little bit here. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Oh, that's good. We haven't even got far, but that's good, isn't it? Washed us in his own blood. Amen. Boy, I tell you, you think about that, you know, all the things that you've done and all the things that you, you're you not proud of, but he's washed us in his blood. Amen. And he's washed you from all kinds of things. Amen. And me, praise the Lord. The sixth verse is, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also will pierce, and and also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. But notice there, the sixth verse says, "Hath made us kings and priests unto God." Are you a king? Are you a priest? Well, you shouldn't hold your head down low if you're a king and a priest, Amen. Unto God, you know, kings don't walk around with their heads down. Kings don't don't you know have their their shoulders not square. You should hold your shoulders square if you're a king. Amen. You should act you know proud to be into the family of God. Amen. He's made you a king and priest unto Him. You say, well, man, that's a, that's pretty strong, Jeremiah. Well, I'm reading your Bible here. He says He's made you a king and priest unto Him. Amen. So you don't you shouldn't act like somebody that you know that just walks around with his head down and you know someone that doesn't have you know anything about him and 
uh, somebody that doesn't look proud of who he is, you should be proud of who you are. Amen. Every time you get up in the morning, you should be excited about who you are. You're kings and priests unto him. You're special. Amen. He made you special because of his blood who washed away your sins. Amen. Amen. He paid the ultimate price for you. He didn't use, you know, just a little bit of gold and a little bit of silver and the highest diamonds. No, that wasn't enough. He used his son and he paid the price for you. Praise the Lord. So you should square your shoulders back because of him. And you should walk proudly and say, hey, I'm a king and a priest unto God. You should have confidence. Amen. Amen. You should be a person of confidence. Look at Revelations, the fifth chapter there. Let's look at that, if that wasn't enough for you. The ninth and tenth verse, it says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And the tenth verse says, And hast made us unto our God kings and priests. So there's another scripture for you. It tells you you're a king and a priest unto God, and we shall reign on the earth. Amen. Amen. He's going to set up a new kingdom. Amen. And you're a king and a priest unto him. Amen. So say today, I'm a king and a priest unto God. You should. You can say that every day. Kings don't go around with their heads down like I said before. Kings walk proudly. Kings walk in confidence. Amen. Have you ever seen one walking with his head down and running into walls and things like that? No. <laughs> Kings walk proudly. Amen. They got the ring on their finger. Amen. They, they, they walk proudly. Amen. Kings are confident. Are you confident today? You should be confident. God's going to take care of you. God's going to fix all your situations and you need to have confidence. Amen. Say, I'm a king. And a priest unto God. Amen. Maybe you feel sick today. What should you be saying today? Isaiah 53, 5 says, For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes ye were healed. Amen. Talking about Jesus going to the cross and paying the price for you not to be sick anymore. Why are you sick? Huh? Why are you sick? Why are you walking around sick? You don't have to be sick, praise the Lord. Healing has been paid for you, amen. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Amen. Now, you're not trying to get healed, right? You're not working on getting healed. You are the healed of the Lord. Don't let the devil lie to you. You are the healed of the Lord. You say, well, I don't feel healed. I don't, not today, I don't feel healed. Well, that doesn't mean your confession shouldn't be that you're the healed of the Lord. You can change those circumstances with your speaking and your acting in faith. Amen. You call on those things that be not, call for some healing today. Amen. Call for some, have some boldness about you. Call for some healing today. Amen. You don't have to settle for sickness. It's easy to call for sickness. That's what most people do. They call for everything sickness, you know. They, well, this isn't going to get better. Or they call for, they say what they see and what they feel. But, you know, you can call for some healing, amen. You need to call for it. First Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Notice he says you were healed. He's not saying you're trying to get healed. He says, you are healed. You were healed. You're healed now, praise the Lord. So say, I'm healed. <laughs> I'm healed. Amen. Tell the devil, look him in the eye. Get those squared back shoulder there and say, 
I'm healed. Amen. He's, he's going to hate it, you know. And you may be coughing. <laughs> you may not feel good. Well, those are just symptoms. Those will change if you start speaking the remedy. Amen. Start speaking the, the healing into your body. Amen. Start speaking the right things. And God, God, when you agree with God, things change. Amen. But you got to get in agreement with him. Amen. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to agree with him. Amen. So say, I'm healed. I'm the healed of the Lord. We're not going by how we feel, are we? We agree with God. Let's look over here at uh, Numbers. We're going to start looking at some things in Numbers. Go on over to Numbers, the 13th chapter. Maybe your situation looks impossible. You say, this mountain is too big, and it looks impossible to you. Well, let's go over to Numbers, the 13th chapter. We're going to look there in the 32, 32nd verse. Let's go down there. You know, if your situation looks impossible, that's a perfect candidate for what we're talking about today. Amen. If something looks impossible to you, that's a perfect candidate. Amen. That's perfect for what we're doing today. Amen. That's the perfect thing that we need to have today to work with. We need something impossible. Amen. That's a perfect candidate to be changed. Amen. You say, well, man, Jeremiah, this seems impossible. Well, the Bible says nothing is impossible for our Lord. Amen. And so you don't need to be limiting God. Amen. It's all possible to him. Amen. Numbers 13, the 32nd verse says, and they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had. Now, these are the children of Israel. The spies went out to look at the land and God promised them. And he said, they brought out an evil report of the land, which they had searched into the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come out of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. So we were in that sight. Now think about that. Now these are children of Israel. They went out. Some spies went out. And they're looking at this impossible situation. And God told them, you know, that it was theirs. You know, and maybe your situation looks impossible, but God's telling you it's yours. But you're going to have to do something. Amen. You're going to have to do something about that situation. Amen. And coming back with reports over and over that you just can't get over that hurdle and you just can't get through that mountain. That's not going to work. You're going to have to do something about that situation. Amen. And that's what most people do. Did you know that this was about 2 million people? Amen. That didn't make it into the promised land. 2 million people. Right around 2 million people didn't make it into the promised land. Think about that. 40 years in the desert, but nearly 200, 2 million people decided, well, man, we're just not going to believe God and agree with God. Amen. And so it's easy to side with all the people out there because most of the people in the world are going to do exactly what I'm talking about. They're going to look at their mountain and they're going to say, I just can't get through it. There's no way I can get through it, you know. Or you can be like Joshua and Caleb. Now, Joshua and Caleb did something a little different, and they spoke to it, and they called those things that be not as though they were. Let's look over at Numbers, the 14th chapter. Numbers 14. And we're going to go to the 6th verse. Now, the others were speaking doubt and unbelief. <laughs> that don't move mountains, does it? Isn't that right? The Bible says that we have to believe what we say when we speak to a mountain. We need to speak to it and believe what we say. Amen. Well, that's not what Joshua and Caleb did. Let's look over here. Numbers, the 14th chapter, the six verses says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. <laughs> These are people of faith. And they were, they were tired of hearing, you know, a bunch of doubt and unbelief. I remember a story about Kenneth Copeland. 
Yeah, he was at a uh, he was preaching somewhere, and I remember him talking. And he, some person was singing a song, and then he goes up to the pulpit and he says, "Don't ever sing that song of doubt and unbelief again in my presence." <laughs> that's bold, isn't it? Well, that's kind of where these people were. They were fed up with this, you know. Listen to the, all this doubt and unbelief, and Joshua, none of them, Caleb, the son of Jephthah, which were of the uh, of them that searched out the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, "The land which we pass through to search it is an exceedingly good land." So they're trying to get them up a picture on the inside. Wait a minute, now this is some good land, you know. And there's some good land of healing out there for some of you that are sick, if you just speak to your mountain. There's some good land out there of some wonderful destiny for some people if they'll start speaking to their destiny. There's some good places out there to get to that God has of people with confidence and people that believe that they can do things for God. Amen. That God has some wonderful things for people. You can be very prosperous and you have a be in a good land if you're willing to speak it and and, and speak it and, and call those things that be not as though they were. Amen. Well, you know, you've got to be a person that's not going with the crowd. Amen. You're going to have to be a little bit different. Amen. And listen to what they said here. And they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it is an exceedingly good land. I love that. And the eighth verse, it says, And the Lord delighted us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Now that's different, isn't it? They are, they're calling those things. Then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Wow, that's totally different than what the other guys were saying. A land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against God, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Notice what he says here. I love how they speak. they're speak. they speaking here. It says, for they, they were bred for us. <laughs> he's, he's like, these people were made for us to whoop. Amen. These are people that were made for us to take them down with no problem. Amen. They were bred for us. And he says, and their defense has departed them. They don't even have a defense. They don't have a chance in the world against us. They're calling those things, are they not? He says, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Amen. He says, you don't have to worry about these people. God's with us and we're going to whoop them. Amen. (laughs) That's calling those things. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, you look at 2 million people that didn't make it. And out of those 2 million people that didn't make it, there's two people that did make it. And the only two that made it, if you study history, was Joshua and Caleb. Think about that. Out of 2 million people, two people made it. And that was Joshua and Caleb. And they're the ones that were speaking the right things. And they were calling those things that be not that was what they were, calling into existence what didn't exist. Amen. Well, you know, you've got to be that way. If you're, You can be like the other 2 million people if you want to. They don't get where they need to go. They don't achieve the things that they want to achieve. They don't achieve their dreams and their destiny for God. Or you can be like Joshua and Caleb and be the people that do and just by speaking it and calling those things and stepping out a little bit, you know, God can change it. You know, they didn't have to really do anything. You know, they were already calling it. Amen. And your words cause things to come to pass. Amen. They had, they got out and they stepped out in faith, but you know, really didn't take much. Those walls just fell down in Jericho. <laughs> after seven times around just fell down think about that but they had already called it they had already spoke it amen and things were already happening amen there were things happening when they spoke it we're gonna get into some of those things when we talk about calling things there's things that happen in the spirit as soon as you start agreeing with god and calling things amen 
Things are moving. Forces are moving in the spirit when you're calling those things that be not as though they were. Fixing your battles, changing your situations. Amen. But you've got to believe it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's look over here at 1 Samuel. We're going to look at a few things here in 1 Samuel. And uh, I'm going over a little bit of time, but I'm going to hit this real quick here. 1 Samuel, go over there. Did you know that David spoke five times to Goliath and called those things that be not as though they were? He probably didn't even need to have those stones. He didn't. He probably didn't even have to have a slingshot. He spoke five times to that situation. I believe that's what moved the mountain, amen, by what he was saying, amen. Let's look over there at 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter real quick. 1 Samuel 17, and we'll go over this kind of quickly because we're getting uh, going over a little bit here. 1 Samuel uh, 17, it says in the 20th verse, it says, And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he had, he came to a trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. And for Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. See, David was a person of honor. Amen. He came in there, he saluted them and had respect for them, didn't he? Amen. And he, he didn't like anything happening to him because he had respect and honor. And boy, I tell you, he was very much, if you study David's life, he was a man of honor and respect. Amen. The 23rd verse is, and he talked with them and behold, there came up the champion of Philistine of Gath, uh, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him and were sore afraid. So they were looking at their mountain and they were saying, man, I just, I can't get through this mountain. I can't get over it. Isn't that what the majority does? Amen. That's not how David talked. Amen. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. And and the men of Israel said, have you seen this man <laughs> that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of God? And you should be saying that about your mountain. Amen. You should be saying, What is this thing doing in my way, defying what God has for me? Amen. What is this thing that's in my way that's defying me from getting where I need to go? You should be speaking to it and not even be happy with it being in your life. When are you going to get tired of it? Amen. Amen. When are you going to get sick of it being in your life and just tired of looking at it? Amen. There's going to be have to be a time when you're just tired of it and you start calling those things. Amen. The 27th verse is, And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to this man that killeth him. And Eliab, his elder brother, heard the excuse me, brother heard when he spake unto the men, and Elib's, hope I'm saying that right, Elab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, why comest down hither? He was kind of embarrassed, wasn't he? Because he wasn't doing what he should be doing, amen? And when, whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? 
And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul and he sent, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail him because of him. That's the first time he spoke in faith. Amen. He said, let no man's heart fail because of him. Amen. He was speaking in faith saying, you don't have to worry about him. Amen. Don't, don't you guys worry. We're going to take care of this. <laughs> Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Amen. That's a man of confidence. That's a man that believed in who he was. He's a man that believed in what he spoke. Amen. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he made and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And one uh, I went out after them. And smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. So he's already building his faith. This is good what he's talking about here. So when you start calling those things, you can start working your way up, amen, and believe in God. You can start believing God from small things to bigger things to bigger things. Amen, you know, and start building your faith, you know, if that's what you need to do in a certain situation, maybe you need to just start where you're at. Amen, start believing for certain things and start calling those things and start where you're at and start believing for bigger things in your life. Amen, that's kind of what David did here. He started with some small things and worked his way up to Goliath, didn't he? He was building his faith, amen. The 36 verse is, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. Now listen to what he says here and he speaks it and he calls those things. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. <laughs> Seeing he hath defiled the armies of a living God. Didn't he speak it? Amen. Didn't he call it? He did, didn't he? David said, moreover, the Lord that delivereth me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Now he speaks it five times here. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed uh, David with his armor, and he put an helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him and with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he assuaged to go, for he had put he had not proved it. And David said unto him, Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had, and even in the scrip, and he sling and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came out and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went up before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy, and it was a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, I am a dog that thou comest to me with staffs. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. 
Now, notice he's saying some things, but he's not agreeing with God. Amen. And he's not going to get what he's wanting to get because he's not agreeing with what God wants to have for, for, you know, have done in this situation, you know, and it's important that you agree with God. Amen. And so he didn't get what he wanted. Then David said to him, the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. He's in agreement with God, isn't he? And he's speaking it. The God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. <laughs> I love how he says that. He says, you defiled him. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from, thy, from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know. Amen. He said, I'm going to make a show of you, and all the earth will know that I beat this mountain, that there is a God in Israel. Amen. Amen. And he speaks it again. And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and the spirit, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. Now remember all that I said, David spoke it five times. So he pretty much had him all beat before he even got out there with his stones. Amen. And you can have your circumstances all beat before you ever get out to do anything. You know, you have to speak it. You need to call those things into existence that exist. Amen. Amen. And so he just acted on his faith. He acted on what God said. Agreed with what God said. The 48th verse says, And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet the David. And David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead. And the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Didn't even need a sword, did he? Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their companion was dead, they fled. Yeah, well, he spoke it five times. He was calling it, hey man, those things that be not as though they were. I remember the story Charles Capps talked about. I was telling my wife the other day about it. And uh, he was talking about how he had, knew these people had some land that didn't sell. And they, they bought this property and they were trying to sell this property. Well, they, they would drive by the property and they had it for two years. And they kept saying, man, this thing's never going to sell. This thing's never going to sell, you know. And they drive by it and look at it. Man, that thing's never going to sell. Well, you know, after... Two years, they finally got a hold of some teaching, you know, about how they need to call those things that be not as though they were, you know. And what ended up happening is they, they started calling them. They started saying, this land is sold. This, this land's going to sell. It's going to be sold. And within three days, now remember, two years, they were struggling with trying to get this land sold. Within three days, they sold it. Three days of the right confession, they sold it. And in your situation, how quickly can God change your situation if you'll start speaking the right things? If you'll start calling the things that need to be called and not just saying what everybody else is saying, amen? Not just saying, hey, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't make it, this is not going to work for me. What would change if you were calling the things that be not as though they were? Amen. What would change if you believe God? Amen. And had a little faith and just believe that God can do what he says he's going to do. Just agreeing with him. 
Because all we got to do is just agree with what he's saying. Amen. Agree with what God's saying about you. Amen. He says you're more than a conqueror. He says you're the head and not the tail. He says you're the top and not the bottom. Amen. That's what we need to be saying. We shouldn't be saying all this other stuff. We should be agreeing with him. Amen. And that's what our goal is, to agree with him in everything we do. Amen. And we're going to be teaching more along these lines and a lot more <laughs> that we're going to be talking about. And uh, we're going to get more into this. Let's pray today. We went way over. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy today. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're touching people, Father, even at the sound of my voice today, Father. And Father, Lord, if there's some people that have just had trouble with their confession and they're really wanting to get their confession right, I ask that you help them today. Help them, Father, not to go by their symptoms and the things that they're calling for, Father, that uh, when they're calling for things, the symptoms that they have, but go by what they're agreeing with God for, what they're agreeing with you for, Father. And Father, help them to go by the things that they're speaking and to believe those things so that they can have that reality in their life, Father. And Father, we just thank you that you're going to make it come to pass. Lord, you agree with you. If they're agreeing with you, you're going to make it come to pass in their life, and Father. And we just ask for that, and we just agree for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's somebody out there that's not saved, I always like to give you a chance to get saved. You know, you may have stumbled across this program and you just happen to listen to us on one of the uh, social networks or you able to listen to our podcast some other way. Somebody's downloaded it somewhere and you're wanting to be saved right now. Man, you can get saved right now if you want to be saved. All you've got to do is just believe what the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. says, if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so just pray this with me. Father, I just believe that you've raised Jesus from the dead. And Father, I just confess Jesus as Lord of my life. I believe if you just prayed that with me right then, you are saved right now. Praise the Lord. And if you like to, what I would do is I'd tell somebody about it. Amen. Be proud of it. Amen. You are born into the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. And if you'd like, you can email us here. We'd love to encourage you. You can email us at jeremiasministries at yahoo.com. And we love you. And we pray, we will be praying for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a wonderful day. If you'd like to contact us for a prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.